I was born here, and I hope to die here. I have been called many things, but never that. I ate my way through four platefuls of sandwiches at one sitting and slept around the clock. Oh, Lord, listen to that. It's like the cry of a banshee. It's Downton Abbey, Series 1. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm His Lordship David, the Archduke of Penis Jokes. And I'm just Michael. Boring. And we are here today on this most marvelous occasion to discuss the first series of Downton Abbey. That is correct. We watched only the first episode and the last episode of Series 1, Silly Brits. And we're going to recap the ends and then we have many a question to help us sort out the middle. I really just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for being here. And a reminder, as always, if you are a first timer, you like our coverage today, let us know. Send a glowing review on iTunes, rate on Spotify. Hell, even just comment on the Reddit post. Visibility helps us a ton. And if we get enough support, we'll know you want us to cover season two or series two of Downton and beyond. Man, oh man, an ask up front. Most of them have already turned it off. Crushed it. We have a lot to cover, so let's just dive right in. Downton Abbey is a period drama that first aired in the UK on September 26th of 2010, or should I say 26th September 2010, on ITV, which is basically the UK's version of PBS from everything I can tell. This came in with a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was critically and commercially successful. It was uh, it was really great. A lot of people liked it. It was I remember it being popular when it originally came out. It also won the six primetime Emmys for this season. It stars far too many people, and there's really no like person that I would say, like, this is the main character, or these are the main three characters. Just go fi- figure it out. <laughs> We're doing Downton Abbey. Go, go read the Wikipedia. That's basically what I did. All right. Well, then let's, let's get into the recaps. Let's do it. So episode one, we open to a telegraph and a train, and oh boy, I've gotten myself into another period piece involving British people. What is wrong with me? Ooh, baby. I figured it out, though. I just don't like British people. I have no problem with current British people, but any of them jerks pre like 1930, nah. And I don't even think that's that controversial, man. White people have been assholes for thousands of years and I'm Italian, so I'm only tangentially white and haven't Italians always hated Brits? It's in my blood. It's in my blood to hate these You're very Brits. white. You're not tangentially white. If I lived 80 years ago, as mm-hmm. the Italian man that I am, white people would call me slurs and not treat me as a white person. If you lived the way you do now 80 years ago, you probably would have been hanged. So, <laughs> Fair point. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm already off topic, but David, imagine inventing the telegraph and being like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to have to drape all these wires everywhere just so you can send a few bleeps and bloops. I hope you like interpreting dashes. I hope you like waiting for weeks for your letter to arrive by horse. The past sucks. But I also imagine that 100 years from now, people will be like, man, you remember cell phones? Those things were the worst. That's true. So it's April 1912, and the only two things I know about that month are that the Titanic sank and Fenway Park opened, and somehow I don't think the telegraph people would be freaked out about the latter. I didn't know that. Yeah, within like a week of each other. Fun facts. So we get to meet our various servants of Downton and see the silly bullshit that they have to endure to take care of this rich family. There's Daisy 
Anna Jon Snow side piece Egret from Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> Seen her boobs. Mrs. Patmore, Thomas the Douche, William, Mr. Carson, and Mrs. Hughes, and the wretched Mrs. O'Brien. Robert Crawley, Lord of the House, Lord Grantham, finally learns of the Titanic sinking and comments about the poor devils below deck, which is ironic because it's basically people exactly like all the poor servants I just named. Yeah. But I will give Robert credit. He's actually a very great dude for a rich man. This is one of those times in history where like people still had servants, but they were starting to like actually treat them as humans. Mm -hmm. So it's like this weird in-between phase where it's like, I kind of still have slaves, but they're not really slaves, but they're kind of still slaves. It's like this weird in-between. It is. It's a liminal slavery. But it turns out the heir to Downton Abbey and his son were both sinkers on the Titanic. Yeah, not good. So Downton is up in arms because the only two heirs are now gone. ruh But we now meet the best character in the entire show, good old Mr. Bates. He has a cane because of a bum knee from the war, and head housemaid Anna would like to use his other cane, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I get it, though. Nothing gets me hot and bothered like seeing somebody limp. Yep. I'd love to see your Pornhub search history <laughs> continuing on. Everybody cripple shames him, and his room is at the top of a bunch of stairs, and the way it was shot with Rotten Thomas sneering, I thought for sure, either in the middle or the finale, that one of Thomas or O'Brien would end up pushing Bates down the stairs. But I am very happy that that was not true. I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a season two opener. I would have revolted. Thomas is just a grumpy dick right away, and we find out it's because he's mad that he was passed over for Bates' role as valet. In the words of the hobo from Roadhouse, what I look like a valet. (laughs) That guy was the best. Now, it turns out that Robert's daughter, Mary, was set to marry the son who sank, which second cousins. Mm -hmm. This is why I dislike old inbred whites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I'm surprised that it didn't lead to more uh, genealogical issues. I mean, they all look like ghosts, so... You can see all their inner organs through their skin. (laughs) Robert's mom shows up, the Dowager Countess. She's direct, she's wrinkly, and she's pissed the hell off that Robert's third cousin may now be the new heir and will get to basically steal away all of the family's estate money. And as Robert's wife, Cora, puts it, swag she is also the character that makes me disagree with you that bates is the best character in the show you're a big fan of the dower uh, Countess. love her so much <laughs> apparently so do many people but yeah we'll, we'll get there we'll get to my thoughts oh god everybody hates bates because that's what old brits did they hated anybody who was different but jokes on them lord crawley finally sees him and everybody learns they're old friends from the military whoops suck it Too bad. Daisy almost accidentally poisons all the food, confusing crushed egg for some brass cleaner or vice versa. And I'm thinking that the point of that scene is to show Mrs. Patmore's diminishing eyesight, maybe. Or just like the flakiness of Daisy. Yeah, or or maybe both. Yeah. I'm just hoping that in an alternate version of the show, she'll get to poison everybody next time and everyone dies and the servants take over the house. This is Downton! Some lawyer dude with a top hat confirms that it's basically law that they're going to lose all their money. The duplicitous fucks Mrs. O'Brien and Thomas smoke, obviously, because they're ruffians, and they start planning how they're going to push Bates out. Hatred is a strong word, but I hate these two. I hate them both. I wish there was a word that was stronger than hate. (laughs) 
They're the literal worst. Speaking of hatred, Mary and her sister Edith hate each other, or at the least, the groundwork is laid for them to just be catty little twerps to each other. <laughs> Mary doesn't GNF about her quote-unquote fiancé that sank, and Edith is like, what the hell, Mary? I would have taken him. Taken him like a shot. Trust the science. Get the jab. Wear a mask. Very condescending, that Edith. Edith, honestly, would take anyone. Literally anyone. <sighs> It's tough, man. Anyone with money. Their relationship is weird. They're both bad sisters. Thomas talks smack about Bates to Carson. I wish Thomas had been aboard the Titanic. Agreed. And even Lady Grantham now worries if Robert's doing the right thing by employing Bates. Sigh. At first, I thought that Cora, Lady Grantham, was going to be kind of like the nice one. And like slowly, you kind of realize she came for money and she's just like... This is the way it is. She's not on the same level as Lord Grantham is in terms of like caring about these people. No, definitely not. Robert's mama hates electricity and comes to argue with him about the fact that he's not trying to fight the estate issue. And then she plots with Lady Grantham and they invite some Duke to come over and hopefully hook up with Mary in hopes that the Duke and Mary will be the new heirs and keep Downton in the fam. And the Dowager Countess, a.k.a. Robert's mama, says, no one wants to kiss a girl in black which is what I try to tell my wife all the time, but she likes her clothes like I like my jokes. Dark. Terrible Thomas continues to shit on Bates. Thomas is like that meme where the kid puts the stick in his wheel and then gets mad when he flips over. Bates is not the problem, Thomas. You and O'Brien are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. It's just like, just if you just did your job and were a good person, good things would probably happen to you. Why are you in a position like this if you hate people so much? <laughs> he doesn't care about these people. He doesn't care about the people he works with. It's like, why are you doing this? Why would you be in like a customer service type role if you just fucking hate the world? Makes no sense. Because he wants to steal stuff. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of flipping over, though, the Duke arrives and O'Brien literally kicks the cane out from Bates and he falls over in front of everyone. It's at this moment that I tried to figure out how I could functionally murder a fictional character. Jesus Christ. I like... And this is one of the only things that drives me crazy about Bates. He has this feeling like it's his problem to deal with and he refuses to like acknowledge that it's an issue or ask for, you know, help or to tell anyone like, hey, these dicks are being real assholes. (laughs) Like, they're the worst. The way I see it is that if Bates just went to Lord Grantham and was like, listen, these two are terrible (laughs) i would assume that lord grantham would be appreciative of that like he has two people employed in his home that are the worst yeah no it's definitely it's definitely a fault for sure and o'brien's cane kicking it doesn't rise to the level of randall from outlander of course but she has an early stake for our worst character award for season three of the pod yeah she's in trouble we haven't even got to the finale yet oh boy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cora tries to stir the anti-bates pot with mr carson but dude's too good for that. And I wish I had Mr. Carson's voice. It makes everything sound cooler. David, this is a podcast. I can't even do it. I can't even get that nope. deep. That's what she said. David, hello? That's not That's not lower. That's lower than yours. What is wrong with you? David, Michael, this is a podcast. The Duke tricks Mary into letting him go to Thomas's room to steal some letters. Well, when we see it, we think he's just being a naughty little schoolboy, but we learn the real reason later. Yep. Robert fires Bates, and it looks like Bates is going to cry, and it looks like I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's downright heartbreaking, and it, and it has no right to be, because it's just some middle-aged dude relieving another middle-aged dude of his duties. We also just met this man, like, literally a half hour ago, it's and I have true. such a connection to him already that it's like, 
if he got kicked off, I would have texted you and been like, we need to change. I'm not watching the finale. Like, we need to change the episode we're doing. I think it's because there's everything tied into it with his disability, etc. And I don't know, man. Like, I was just so sad and angry the first time through watching this. They did do a good job of right out the gate making us hate O'Brien and Thomas so much. They wanted to, like, set the stage right right at the beginning of the show and like just as soon as everything started i was like well i know i hate those people (laughs) yep edith tattles on the duke and mary for rummaging around the servants rooms sisters behave just stop anna brings bates dinner up in his room and he's sobbing before she gets there good lord take me instead push me down the stairs i'll slip on the soap i whatever just stop making life so hard for this pure pure man give him my good legs But I did love the shot of the darkness on Anna's face when he closes the door on her later. It, it's so simple, but I don't know. I just I just loved it. But also, Bates, she's handing you dinner, but definitely would have given you that cake. Let her in, bro. Just let her in. Yeah. The Duke and Lord Grantham have a tense conversation. The long and short of it is that Robert still just plans to let the estate slip away rather than give it to Mary and Hubby. And the Duke will not be that Hubby. Edith revels in it, and her and Mary make fishing insults at each other. Real funny. Get it? Real. Asshole. Thomas and the Duke are gay together. And just a reminder before I get torn limb from limb, I don't like Thomas because he's a shit person. It has nothing to do with how many times he swallowed last summer or whatever the Duke said. We expressed our hatred for him far before I knew that he was gay. Like way before Mm -hmm. it, I hated him. And then I felt bad about it for like a half a second. And then I was like, nope, still hate. Yep. Thomas threatens to spill the beans about the Duke and his affair. And the Duke pulls out the love letters that he had pilfered earlier and throws them in the fire. And Thomas looks real sad and I look real happy. (laughs) And then he calls Thomas a loser and tells him to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) You're a loser. Go to bed. Which is fucking the best. Just perfect. I was hoping that Thomas, this would just be the end of Thomas's (laughs) storyline. And he just like pouts for an episode and then he's gone. He just like leaves. But alas. And I think I would have enjoyed the scene much more if it weren't for the Duke's hairy chest. Put it away. (laughs) Put it away. Come on. Cora tells Robert she's not going to let the estate business rest. He says that he's nicer than the Duke. She says she'll decide that. And I think that means she expects him to go Downton, if you know what I mean. (laughs) You think so, huh? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next morning, Bates and the Duke are heading off to the train and Robert changes his mind at the last possible moment and Bates is unfired. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I was watching this with Emily and she has seen it. And when he originally fired Bates, I like lost my shit. I was like, I swear to God, if he actually gets fired, I'm going to lose it. Emily is terribly bad at hiding things from me. So like, I could tell that something was going to be okay because she was like, oh, we'll just have to see. And I'm like, oh, well, obviously, <laughs> like, okay, fine. But yeah, I was glad it happened in the episode because I would have felt bad if I knew that that he wasn't fired in the middle somewhere. Yeah. And then the last scene of the episode, we meet Matthew and his mom, played by Ricky Gervais's old lady friend in Afterlife on Netflix. Great show. That's my pitch. And Matthew has received the letter from Robert. Their lives are a changing. And that's the episode. And that's it. That's it. Just, I mean, like, we meet Bates. He's great. Thomas and O'Brien are shitty. Mary and Edith are children. Carson's the best. And Sybil's nice, but we don't really get to interact with her at all. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Easy. See, I could then you recap in like three sentences. <laughs> well, episode seven of series one is the series finale. 
and we open to the staff who is prepping the house for the return of the family. Seems like they were in London from what we can gather. Mm-hmm. We see Mrs. Hughes and Carson. They're they're chatting. His lordship needs to make some kind of decision about Bates. We don't really know what that is. Hopefully <sighs> still not firing. Like, why is this still a thing? I mean, honestly, there's been six episodes and we're back to him possibly leaving. Like, what the hell, Downton? Get your shit together. Is the whole, like, draw of this whole season just, will Willie fire Bates? <laughs> like, that can't be what drew the entire line through, but whatever. And Mrs. Patmore is slowly going blind. Yep. Everyone arrives home except Mary. Apparently, she stayed behind in London with Robert's sister. I forget her name. No one cares. We also learn that the Austrian Archduke was the victim of murder most foul. Franz Ferdinand. And not the early 2000s. Take me out. I like that song. It's the first song I ever learned on drums. Gross. We do have one sentence here that kind of caught me off guard the first time I watched, especially. This is when Robert turns to everyone and says, I think I'll wash the train off before dinner. And the first time I saw this and he said that, I did not put together that he means the fact that he was just on a train from London to Downton. Uh, And I thought he was talking about washing his (laughs) pee-pee. That is a great name for a pee-pee, a train. It just like completely caught me off guard. I was like, this is like a a 180-degree turn from this character. Like, what is going on? And then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, you idiot. He was just on a train. (laughs) He just doesn't want to be dirty like all of those common folk. Mm -hmm. So we do cut to London where Mary is now chatting with her aunt. She hasn't had many invitations And as soon as I heard that, I thought of another thing we watched, and it was Bridgerton. Yep. So I think that they went to London to be part of the whole, like, summer girls trying to find dudes situation. 100%. Yeah. um, Apparently, she's getting a little old, and now she's survived many seasons of trying to find a man. So she's seen more as, like, an old, stale woman rather than a a young girl that people want to marry. Send her to the glue factory. But apparently, her cousin Matthew has proposed. New cousin, new new proposal. That's cool. But she hasn't decided yet what her answer is going to be. Apparently, she can't find anyone in the world that she'd like to marry except people who are related to her in by blood. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> Next, we learn that Mrs. O'Brien and Thomas, the dick engine, have some secrets about Mr. Bates that they've uncovered. Apparently, they have a, a letter that has something bad about him. We don't know what yet. Can Bates just get a break? Can we Can we just give him a break? Can someone just kill these people? Ugh. <laughs> We do find out at this point, get ready, Cora is pregnant. Whoa. Wild. The doctor is explaining to Lord Grantham that women entering menopause can have a surge of fertility or something. And, and he's like, whoa, spare me the details. Don't give a shit. <laughs> and it's great because that like is is my spirit animal. Anyway, Mary has a conversation with some dude in London named Mr. Napier. He has called off his wedding. And he has heard gossip about the time he came to Downton with Kamal Pamuk. Uh-huh. Yeah, turns out this gossip was spread by the Turkish embassy, who were told by Edith, that jealous whore. <laughs> anyway, Grandma chats with Cora, and she's worried her maid is going to leave her. And this leads to a comic exchange uh, over the course of the rest of the episode. Robert and Matthew are chatting at this point. He basically is like, yeah, I'm going to have a baby. If it's a boy, you're fucked. But you can have my old house as a consolation prize. (laughs) Thomas is a dick to William. This dude's mom just died and you're being an asshole. Like, can't stand him. He's the worst. Carson asks Bates about the letter that they brought and Bates refuses to discuss it again. Just like refusing to take it. And this is an even more direct opportunity to just like explain the situation. 
But instead, he's just like, you're just going to have to use the the evidence that you have at hand. And it's like, well, just like fucking explain what's going on. Listen, I love Bates, but he could just help himself just out once. a little by just yeah. speaking the hell up. It's cool to be morally superior and the stoic gentleman. At what cost, Bates? At what cost? And since I've been trying to get rid of him for the whole damn season, I bet this happened <laughs> 20, 30 times. The house is getting telephones, which is very exciting. Some people are very Mm -hmm. scared of them and cautious of them. Other people are excited. And apparently we find out that the letter said that Bates stole silver from the military stores while he or shortly after he was in the military. But Mary has returned home at this point and chats with all the ladies of the house. Grandma's there, tries to convince her to say yes to Matthew and just drop him if it's a boy. <laughs> like if it's a boy, just like, man, never mind. Edith digs her grave a little deeper and Mary doesn't want to put off Matthew. So she's kind of caught in the crosshairs here trying to figure out what she wants to do, which is also still a little selfish. If you yeah. really want to be with him, then this wouldn't be a decision you would need to make. And I think that yeah, that is exactly. exactly what the way Matthew presents it, too, is like she's like, this is not black and white. And he's like, actually, it is. If you want to be with me, be with me. If you don't, you don't. That's it. Yep. Granny's maid is leaving. We find out. And Cora offers to help her find a new one with an advertisement and something called the lady. Robert sends Mrs. Patmore to London to get her eyes checked out, so she thinks she's getting fired. Also, it was interesting when they were like, he wants to see you in the library, and she's like, upstairs? And they're like, yeah, upstairs. And then you can see when she enters the library, she's looking around like she's never been in there. Like, how many years has she worked? Why would she? She's a cook. Agreed, but like, you've worked here this many years, and you've never been basically even upstairs. It's just crazy. So he's sending Anna with her. Matthew's family's cook is going to come and take care of the house in the meantime. Mrs. Bird. O'Brien keeps coming into conversations at the wrong time. And like she came in a conversation one time where Lord Grantham was like, let's just fire her. That'll be easier. So then she's like already on like the, oh, my God, they're going to get rid of me train. Which, to be fair, she should be anyway. Yes, agreed. (laughs) Rightfully so, should you think you're going to get fired because you're the literal worst. Edith is obsessed with some old man because she's a gold digger and I hate her. Sybil talks to the mm-hmm. telephone guy who comes to install the telephones. Apparently one of the housemates, Gwen or Jon Snow's love interest for a little bit, wants to get a different job. She's like been going to like secretary school or something like that. Anna gets Mrs. Patmore settled for her surgery in London and starts to poke around London. I think she is, uh, you know, from what we could see, and then I can confirm that she is looking for more information on Bates and the whole situation that he is getting in trouble for back at Downton. We see Daisy who grinds some soap into one of the soups that she's stirring, which is fantastic. I also like so she she puts the soap in and then puts it down and then like frantically starts stirring. And part of me thought that it was just going to like bubbles were going to start coming up from it. And she's going to realize like she fucked up real bad, but apparently not. Edith's old rich man is apparently going to propose out and the garden party. This guy gives me strong Nigel Burbrook vibes, minus the assault mm. from Bridgerton, which is basically a, a crappier version of the show. I'd agree with that. Robert's mommy is chatting with Matthew's mom, and she thinks Granny is the one who convinced Mary not to take Matthew. This is when she delivers the best line that I heard in the whole show, which is like, I like Matthew, and I told her to be with him, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) The staff is eating downstairs after dinner, and apparently Daisy spoiled their dinner, not the dinner that went upstairs, so they all eat soap-infused soup and are not happy about it. 
It's very funny. All the food that they wasted. Nice. Gwen interviews for that new job with a telephone company. It's pretty funny because Sybil kind of leads them into the library and says, like, I'll make sure no one comes. And then Lord Grantham tries to go into the library and she's like, oh, no, you can't go in there. It's like, uh, why? I can't go in my library because my housemaid is interviewing for another job. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, the daughters run the house, isn't it? Yeah, it does seem that way. Anna has a little chat with Bates's mom. We learned that his wife is shitty and that she stole the silver and he took the blame for it because when he came back from the war, he was just like a kind of verbally abusive, not physically, but verbally and just a different person. And he feels like he ruined her life. So he takes the blame for it. But this is also why he only served two years. Everyone in the military knew that it wasn't him. It was the wife. So they had to do something because he confessed. Right. Carson is playing around with the new telephone. These scenes are very good. There's a few of them. Great comedy. He, <laughs> he at one point is like practicing how he would answer the phone and, and then a little argument with her. She says like, well, that sounds stupid. I dare say. I bet people think things you do are stupid too. It's like, Carson, you're the best. <laughs> yeah, Carson's pretty great. Mrs. Patmore's back. She's got some sweet Beatles sunglasses. <laughs> she she fights with Mrs. Baird at first, uh, but then they kind of start to become friends and realize they're not so different. So Anna, now that she knows the truth, goes to his lordship and explains that situation. And he's like, oh, well, good. Now I don't have to fire Bates because someone actually tell me what the fuck happened instead of me just having to use the only evidence I have, which was from O'Brien and Thomas, who were the worst. Now it gets rough. This is where it gets rough. Yeah. Cora is taking a bath and drops the soap, which we all know is never good. The soap breaks on the floor and she calls O'Brien to pick it up. O'Brien makes the choice. We see her make the choice to leave some of the soap on the ground and kind of move it around a little to make sure it's nice and positioned and soapy and terrible on the floor, specifically for the purpose of hoping that Cora slips on it when she gets out of the bath. She walks out of the room and then she turns in the mirror and does probably the corniest thing in the whole show that we saw, which is like, Sarah O'Brien, this is not you or something. And it's like, okay, come on. Like, oh, come on. And as she's going back in to like rectify the situation, we hear Cora fall. And shortly after, we learn that she did lose the baby and it was going to be a boy. <sighs> Many thoughts here. Number one. O'Brien should have taken the other half of the soap and shoved it up her ass because her soul is filthy and I hope she dies. Agreed. Number two, Lady Grantham is like 50% to blame here because A, you're rich. Why don't you own a goddamn bath mat? <laughs> but B, look where you're stepping. Yeah. I mean, like who walked, who steps out of the bath without looking at the floor, especially if you're pregnant? Like you would be even taking right. more caution to say like, I want to make sure that I'm safe. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't maybe look down if a person that I trust was literally just looking at the floor. Yeah, but even if you know she pulled up all the soap, there's still a chance that there could be suds. slippery. Like, but you, you would assume just... that your maid that you've had for 10 years that you trust with your life would yeah. have warned you or cleaned it up or whatever that may be. I agree with you. Like, how, how do you get out of the bath with soapy feet and the soapy floor and wet floor and not even look at the ground? Like, come on. Number three, do you think the Daisy soup kerfluffle was foreshadowing? Because she spoiled the soup with water and soap, is her quote. In this case, the unborn baby was the soup in this metaphor. <laughs> and that's probably the only time in recorded history a baby has been a stand-in for soup. Well, until season two of Yellow Jackets, when Shauna's baby is born. Real people will understand that reference, if you're a Yellow Jackets fan. No idea what you're talking about. Yeah, many people probably will. Yeah. But it's it's just crazy. And you mentioned how we learn later it's it's 
it was going to be a boy and and when we see robert cry Ugh. oh man rough it tore it tore me right up man it rough. was just devastating just devastating yep not a fan but after this the staff is downstairs grieving and talking about like you know what's going to happen next like this is crazy thomas comes in being his normal dicky self <laughs> And it basically says, like, why do you even care about these people? They're just our employers. Who cares? They'll get over it. It's like, dude. And then William speaks up. It's like, is there nothing that you care about in, in the world anymore? And then he, he makes some comment about if William is going to cry over this baby, it's no, no surprise that he cried so bad over his mom. And this is when I would have jumped through to TV and punched Thomas right in the face. But instead, William does it. And it's fantastic. He starts to beat the shit out of Thomas. And what's funny is like everyone in the room is pretending to stop him. They're like, oh, no, don't, don't. William, no, don't, don't. And then there is a point where Thomas finally gets a punch in. And that is literally within seconds they break up the fight. So it was like they were just letting it happen. Just like, let's see how far William beats the shit out of this asshole. And then as soon as yeah. William got hit, they were like, oh, no, stop. Do you know how badly I wanted William to grab one of the plate shards and jab it into Thomas's jugular? Oh, my God. If you like if it was one of those like really grotesque scenes where it's like someone just beating the shit out of someone so bad until they're dead on the floor, I would have been perfectly happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, what he says about wondering why everyone cares since Robert and Cora are their employees and not family. I get it to a, a point to a small point but at the same time like you're more than they're more than just your employers at the point they are quote unquote your family yeah and not only that they've surprised me with their care like like getting mrs patmore to the eye doctor sybil helping gwen they don't need to do any of that yeah right you thomas you will go straight to jail do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. i hope you die in the war i mean they're living with these people all the time they're here all the time yeah. so it's like this is their life they live with these people they spend time with these people and these people have been gracious enough to like open their arms to them when they didn't have to right in this time they didn't have to they could just be total assholes and be like yeah, i pay you and that's it but like they've been gracious and they've they've been nice to these people and then thomas still has this this feeling yeah fuck you dude yeah but the day of the garden party is upon us and Thomas has a nice shiner on his eye and hopefully some internal bleeding. And the doctor <laughs> tells him he is all lined up for service at the war hospital. Gwen got the job at the telephone company. So very exciting. You got the job! Yes, she celebrates with Sybil. It is, it is all very nice. Edith's piggy bank shows up and Mary catches him first and tells him that she hasn't really seen Edith because she's been trying to avoid some old fat dude like all day. <laughs> Apparently he's going to propose. It's so weird. You should have seen her acted out as hilarious. I can't wait to see how she says no to this guy. I mean, the guy's like, oh, well, fuck, then I'm out of here. And as he is leaving, she looks over to Mary and Mary just kind of gives her a little nod and takes a sip of her champagne. I'm like, oh, snap crushed it just be nicer sisters yeah just be nicer sisters. i mean the world is full of hate why do not just like be nice to your flesh and blood you know o'brien at this point finds out that the ab was for grandmama's made replacement and not for cora's and so she just immediately dies of regret <laughs> i wish i know i, I wish, wish too but now she feels like total shit. So, I mean, that's good. Good ending to the season. Yep. <laughs> but we do learn at this point, like Bates obviously has a crush on Anna. Some other dude's talking to Bates like, hey, you think I should go after Anna? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I've heard that there's some guy that really is, uh, is keen on her. 
but is like too to himself to say anything. All right. This gives credence to my speak the hell up Bates point. Yeah. Like, yes, it's cutesy, but you're an adult. Just tell yeah. Anna you want a bone. You are like 50 years old. I mean, she obviously wants doing? it. Like, what are you doing? Are you why? 12? Why? Are you 12, Bates? Bates, why? Yeah, makes no sense. I love Bates, except for this character flaw he has drives me up a wall. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It just drives me nuts when I see characters in shows that are just like, just communicate with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matthew withdraws his proposal to Mary because, oopsie, she did a bad job. (laughs) Carson goes out. She's crying. Carson gives her an awkward hug. It's this weird thing where I'm not sure if I figured out because they do reference it a few times in both episodes. How like Carson has a a particular connection with Mary Mm -hmm. and like always defends her and thinks that she's the best when obviously she isn't. But he like has this idyllic view of Mm -hmm. her. And I can't figure out why. I have some thoughts. Okay. I either think that he loves her in a romantic sense, which ew, gross. Yeah, I don't think so. Because he's like maybe. way older. Or what if he slept with Cora and she's actually his daughter? No. How way. crazy would that shit be? I mean, it's that possible. shit would be bananas. It's possible. It's not impossible, but I just don't know that it's plausible. What other explanation would you have for like the weird connection that he has to I her? mean, maybe he's been around since right when she was born, and he's just seen her grow up, and he's a normal dude. Nah. <laughs> nope. A normal dude with a very deep voice. We're, we're watching a period piece drama. There okay. are no yeah, normal dudes. All right, it's possible. It's possible. All right. Well, to finish everything out, Robert is sitting with Cora and gets delivered a letter and quickly stops the whole party to announce that England is now at war with Germany and we get slow zooms on everyone's reaction mm-hmm. and then credits. It's kind of an odd way to end it. It's kind of an odd way Interesting. to end the season. Kind of like a ish cliffhanger. A cliffy cliffy It is, hanger? but it's like, it's not related to any of the character beats. Like, it's just like its own separate thing. And I mean, obviously, it's probably going to affect them. Yeah, I think I mean, that's the idea is that like everyone will be affected by this in one way or another, right? Because it's not like, I mean, and this is something crazy to me is like you think back to people who lived through like major history altering events. And like we have, I, I would say that the closest thing to that in my lifetime is probably 9-11. 9/11. But even that is like that was history altering, but not. In it's the grand World scheme of things, yeah, it's not it World wasn't. War One. It's not World War Two. But II. like we, it's not the revolution. Like we listened to, like learned about the Titanic. Electricity is starting to become a thing. They have telephones, and fucking World War One is happening. Like shit's going down, and it like it made me think. I wonder what we may have lived through already that we don't even realize are like giant historical events. The internet, cell phones. Is that really going to be like a long term large? thing or is that just like uh you know a hundred years from now no one gives a shit uh so it's like it's super interesting when you really think about it yeah it just it, it was it's an interesting way to end it for me because it's more like a macro thing i'm used to seasons of shows entering with micro yeah things that are tied to specific characters if this, this episode like a, ended you know, with her miscarrying that baby right like that would have that would make more sense to like what we normally right. see in terms of like cliffhanger right that affected this family directly but really exactly. only this family 
was right. like this is like a world changing event that just changed the whole 100%. scope of the show. Yeah, that's why it's interesting. Yeah. To me. It's just I just don't normally see like a large scale event like that being the cliffhanger. I, I'm curious, like how much time will pass between the end of the season and the start of the next one? Well, we won't know unless we get enough support to cover season two, mm, series two. Yeah, so we'll I see. mean, if not, I might actually just go launch this myself. Well, David, before we get into our questions about the middle let us get to a center commercial. Let's do it. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we welcome a special guest to come take a deep dive into a One Hit Wonder artist with us. And together, we decide if that artist brought the One Hit Thunder or was nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. You can find One Hit Thunder anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So hit that subscribe button and join in on the fun each week. Well, you should definitely be listening to that, but not until you listen to this. If you have any feedback, please send it to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Plus, we're on all of the social medias, even the newest ones, whatever those are. I don't know. No, we're not. We're not on TikTok yet. No, not on TikTok. I, I would like to get into TikTok. I have no idea how we could do it. If anyone has any feedback for that, you could send it to the email or you can go message us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter the social media platforms that are slowly dying that we are on <laughs> and instagram is really our favorite though you should know this by now it's at the underscore center underscore cut yes please mm-hmm. all right david it is time for questions about the middle and we have a bunch of them thank you to reddit now this show i've failed to mention at the top was actually suggested to us by our first question asker Ooh, baby cucumber melon underscore 56 thank you for the suggestion i love it and they ask why did some of the downton women upstairs and downstairs have to deal with a body okay so i feel like there are many more questions about him or at least i tied a bunch together like i normally do this is mr pamuk now there's some talk in the finale namely between edith and mary and then that one dude who rats out edith to mary my guess is Mary and Sybil are the two upstairs women. And then I think Gwen and Tom Branson are the downstairs people, which is partly why I think Sybil helps Gwen later to get the job as payback for helping like Weekend at Bernie's Mr. Pamuk out of Downton. Gotcha. Tom Branson, that is not Thomas. No, Tom Branson is the guy at the garden party. At the very end who celebrates yeah. with Sybil and Gwen. Correct. Okay. Yep. I got a little darker. I think that Kamal Pamuk was killed. By? Tom. Tom or Thomas? Tom. Okay. Because I think Mr. Pamuk was attempting to rape Tom. To rape Tom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Tom killed him in defense and then reached out to some of the people in the house that he trusted to help him deal with that situation. Okay. It's interesting that there's a lot of man-on-man love between people with the first name Tom or Thomas. Agreed. I mean, Tom might not have been supportive of it. That's why I said just man-on-man love. Or I guess it's not love. It's man-on-man love penetration. Next question from Chuck Vowell. Did you feel like there was an appropriate or inappropriate amount of nudity? Inappropriate amount because we didn't see any. Partially because I wanted to see some and also because if we didn't see any, it means that there was just a shit ton of it in the middle. I said this on Reddit, but what a simple but profound question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This show originally aired on PBS in the U.S., and everybody knows that the only people who watch PBS are babies and old people. Life is like a palindrome, and on both ends, you watch PBS. 
But in the middle, you're too cool for PBS. And knowing that, I know that the U.S. wants to hide nudity away from kids. And old people don't like it because they compare everything to their own wrinkled up bodies. So I don't think there's any nudity. Mm -hmm. Now that I've locked that in, I'll say that it's an appropriate amount because nobody wants to see Maggie Smith naked anymore. More on that later. (laughs) I'm not even going to broach that subject. All right. Saffron SC. I almost called you Saffron Sack. (laughs) That's not it. Saffron SC asks, who's your favorite downstairs person so far? Well, I mean, Bates, obviously, but after him, I'd say either Carson, if he counts as downstairs, he's kind of like, I I think when they say downstairs people, they're just referring to like the staff or the family. Uh, Maybe Mrs. Patmore and and Daisy. It's hard to pick. Almost all of them are so great. Mm. Even Anna. Anna is a rock. And William finally punched Thomas. They're all great except for Thomas and O'Brien. Yeah, they're all my little babies. They're all my little babies except O'Brien and Thomas. And I refuse to pick a favorite. Yeah, Carson. I mean, I, I actually even like Carson more than Bates. Uh, I, I do think that Carson is is more of a ha, has a more strong personality and isn't afraid to like speak up when he needs to speak up and, and be quiet when he needs to be quiet. So And, you know, the phone interaction was... Fucking hilarious. So good. Carson's my favorite. All right. Next question from Tertiality. What did you guys think about Mr. Pamuk? He was a real Randall. It's the second of many Pamuk questions in my mind. I think he's Turkish and I think he sleeps with Mary and then dies. I think he was handsome and very, very handsy. Oh, I would assume that handsy part is a, is a spoiler for later. There's more. Seeking sanctification. Thanks for that. Asks. Team Mary or Team Edith? Can I be Team Neither? Uh, (laughs) Based on the ends we saw, I guess Mary is more likable, but she may have done some shady stuff in the middle. I think the real answer is Sybil because she seems to have less warts than both of them. 100%. Sybil is obviously the best sister by a long shot. But if I had to choose between the two of them, I think I would choose Mary. From what we saw, Edith is the one that is kind of poking the bear and everything Mary is doing is just in response to that. Who knows what sparked the whole thing? Mary could have been a giant douche as a child. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Next question from Argent Manor. Who's your favorite character and why is it the Dowager? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously accurate but everything she says is just amazing like i feel like every single line that maggie smith offers in this this whole show that we've seen is like just a fucking one-liner that just like hits so good and it's just she's hilarious i get that she's quotable and i get that maggie smith is renowned and i like direct old sourpusses but I'm picking my favorite character, not my favorite California raisin. And they just made her look so wrinkly. She's just old. They no, didn't I've make s- her look old. She's just I, old. No, I've seen Maggie Smith before. She's not usually this folded. She's old, man. In other ones, she probably <laughs> ma- they made her less old. I don't know. She's pretty wrinkly. She's not even the best non-downstairs ca- person. That's Robert. Robert's the best non-downstairs person. She's 87 years old. If it was started in 2010, she would have been like 75. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's. I mean, she's old, man. You think that they made her too wrinkly. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. good good talk. She looks like one of the newspapers before they ironed them. <laughs> they didn't iron them because of the wrinkles. They ironed them to dry the ink. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> All right, Lemur Girl asks, what do you think about the relationship between Matthew and Molesley? What a weird, weird question. <laughs> what a weird name, Molesley. Yeah, I'm probably way off base, but the only reason... I could fathom somebody asking this is, 
either A, they're related, like Molesley is his secret stepfather or something, or B, they're secret lovers. Like, why else would you ask what their relationship yeah, just is like? like? They're, they're just like nice to they're each other. really good friends. It, yeah, yeah it's like, just like they're, they're cool. He loves them like a brother. No, that's lame. No, they wouldn't have asked it. No. That's the trick is that we as podcasters have identified that like, if people ask the questions, it's because there's something weird. Exactly. Like you wouldn't have asked, what do you think about the relationship between William and Carson? It's like, well, I mean, they're just guys that work together. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you ask that, like, obviously there is something special there. Yeah, exactly. So I think they make sweet, sweet love once, <laughs> but, but now they never talk about it. And Matthew also likes women clearly because he's going to potentially marry Mary. So I think yeah. they had love. They made love one time. Um, yeah. What do I think about the relationship? It's great. That's all I could say about it. I ho- I really hope it's not like Matthew raped Mosley. <laughs> I like, really hey, hope not. It's, a, it's just a great relationship those two have. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Next question from Chupacabret. <laughs> what is a weekend? A weekend is a few days to cap one week in the beginning of a new one. It is also a guy with crazy hair who's pretty good at singing. <laughs> I feel like I just answered this above, but it's when two adult men share steamy, passionate love under the guise that one of them is a butler. You just add a T to butler and you're good. And then during the week, you think about marrying a girl with a big estate. Now, I was originally going to answer this with something with Pamuk in Weekend at Bernie's, but then I remembered that that movie comes out 75 years after this takes place, so Mm -hmm. not possible. That would have been great, though, right? Our next question from Sayglass... Who is Mr. Carson being blackmailed by and why? It's got to be Thomas. We see Thomas messing around in Carson's pocket, and you just don't reach in another man's pocket. Nope. Once there was a mentally handicapped guy in my neighborhood when I was a teenager, and he literally asked a group of kids to reach in his pocket to grab a Milky Way. He actually pulled out a candy. But like, come on. It was a close call. Thankfully, I was there. Yeah, to I mean, them. you have to assume that that person has cut their pocket out. They just want you to grab their pee-pee. I'm not saying I'm a hero, but, but I'm kind of a hero. <laughs> But B, Thomas has already shown a proclivity for being a jerk to get other people fired. And he does it because he wants to get Carson fired so he can move up. Easy. Yeah, I mean, since the the whole reason that World War One is happening is because Bates hasn't been fired from Downton Abbey yet. <laughs> Obviously, maybe Thomas has essentially, because Carson has seemed to started treat Bates fairly, Thomas is not okay with that and is attacking Carson in an effort to get Bates fired because that's all that matters in this whole universe. 100%. So the next question here, or it's kind of a pair of questions, extremely related by two different users, Captain Cassette and AC Gilmore Girl. What is unique about Sybil's new frock? And did you like Sybil's new frock as much as Branson did? I had to look up what the frock was. <laughs> it is just a dress. Pretty much. Yep. So her new frock really shows off her figure and her ample bosom, which is rare for this era. So obviously, uh, we loved it. So I think, obviously, this new frock has a hole in the front, like under the main part for easy access. It's like those pajamas with a bum flap, but reverse. <laughs> and I think I think that Branson makes use of it with his balls. No, sorry, during Sybil's ball. So you think this dress has like a fla- uh, an access flap in the front? for yep. easy sexual intercourse sure do interesting okay well that is an advancement in science that can be <laughs> thrown right up there with the telephone and electricity <laughs> our next question comes from grand bumblebee thoughts on anna and bates both separately and together two of the best characters but also i get that it's 1910s and you had to be coy and you have to court somebody for like six months before you can even make out but come on bates you're being a bit of a dweeb 
I love the guy, but we've talked about it is definitely his biggest flaw. The truth is always this big secret to him. Like, dude, your life would be so much easier if you just told people the truth instead of letting them think the bad things about you. And obviously, I hope they end up together. But I also think he's like double her age. It's hard to place her, actually. I I think that he's late 40s, early 50s. But I don't know about her. Like, is she in her 20s? Is she in her 30s? 100% agree with that. It's like, you. you it looks like there's a big age gap there, but she is hard to place. Yeah, well, I, she could easily be mid to late 30s, and I have no idea. Yeah, she she could literally be anywhere from like 22 to 45. <laughs> <laughs> yep, agreed. Yeah, I'm completely on the same page as you. I, I like them both as characters, and a little bit more than Bates, because his character flaw drives me up a wall. And although I see, I, I think it, it seems just a little weird in the way they've interacted so far and she does seem a lot younger than him from what we could see but you're absolutely right like she could be you know retired and we have no idea <laughs> get at it next question from kvguibxd there's no way there's a word in there give a boost yeah who actually won first place in the flower show mrs patmore the garden of downton is her passion This question had many upvotes, so it leads me to believe it's not as straightforward as an actual flower show. Yeah. Is this some dirty thing? I am with you. Like, it could be literally anything. I thought it could be something around the girls trying to find men. It could also be something super dirty. Who actually took Mary's flower? Yeah. Reddit users have a history of asking us filthy things coded to be not filthy. If it got upvoted that hard, it's sex. That's what I'm saying. So I think we're talking about like deflowering in somebody's tulips. And because of that, I'm going to go with Sybil and Branson getting it on in the tool shed. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) I'm glad I went with Mrs. Patmore. So Zivgubust also asked, who stole the snuff boxes and then who stole them back? So the first part of this question is the bigger question for me, because I can almost guarantee Bates is who stole them back, which has led to the talks of him being let go again in the finale, because he's just too damn overly moral to just admit what the hell happened. Totally on the same page. He stole them back and then got caught with them and then wouldn't just say, yeah, I was stealing these back for you. He (laughs) was just an idiot and was like, look at the evidence. evidence. I'm holding the boxes. I must have stolen them. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Now, I don't think it's the obvious Thomas or O'Brien for the initial thief. So I'm going to go out of left field and say it was William and he was stealing them to help pay for a proper burial for his mom. Wow, that's an interesting take. If it's not him, it's definitely Thomas. <laughs> I just said Thomas. It's Thomas. Thomas stole them. I don't even need an explanation because he's the worst. Next question from Daedra Apologist. What do you think about Mrs. Hughes' secret admirer? I So as long as we're assuming that Carson is not secretly sexually obsessed with Mary... Yeah, I mean, I think this this kind of has to be Carson. They have some interactions and then like they kind of have a little flirty thing going on sometimes. So I think it's Carson and I like him. So down for it. Yeah. The first I saw this question, I thought William. But then I was like, duh, it's right in front of Ooh. me. It's clearly Mr. Carson. He has yeah. the moment where he asks about her life or, or maybe it's her asking about his life. Wh- whatever. You can tell they've just been working together for years and there's this quiet comfort that they have. But Mm -hmm. I think that he wants her. And can you imagine Carson talking dirty? Like, oh, Mrs. Hughes, I appreciate your tight vagina. (laughs) Oh, Mrs. Hughes, you've done a good job as always. (laughs) All right. Papier Doll asks, why did Daisy think the house was haunted? She hears Mary and Pamuk moaning and groaning. Next question. I'm so good at this. 
I'm on the same page, but not Mary Pamuk. I think that Robert and Cora are having sex, and Daisy has no idea what that sounds like, so she assumes that it's haunted. Yes. All right, next question from Hello1952. Why did Tom discreetly call for Lady Mary to sneak out and help him at night? Because he needed help dealing with the body of Kamal Pamuk. Yeah, we're we're talking about Tom Branton and not Douche Lord Thomas. Now, I could be way off, but I think this circles back to Pamuk again. Pamuk died... After doing the deed with Mary, her her, her virginness did it so good that she he just died. I don't know that that maybe I just I think maybe he fell out of a balcony or something after they did it. But because they were last seen together, Tom thinks it would be less weird if she were the one helping move the body in case somebody found out. I got to watch the metal to figure out this whole Pamuk thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's really interesting, and there's a lot of questions about it. Yeah. So it's like, what the? All uh, this is the thing too is that sometimes we'll get enough questions that are all that all have little details that we can kind of piece together what happened. But all of these for this have been vague enough that, like, even after reading all the questions, I still have no fucking idea what happened. Yeah. All right, our next question from Bite About Town: What machine was Gwen hiding in her room, and do you approve? I think it's a typewriter. This is sort of referenced in the finale when she goes for the job with the excited chubby telephone guy. Oh, that's a good that's a good answer. Sybil makes note of how she's good at typing. And yes, I approve. Being servant is her job. It's not her life and she should be allowed upward mobility. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. I assumed it was sexual. So sex machine <laughs> a sex machine. <laughs> a sexual machine. <laughs> Which aka Tom Branson. <laughs> sexual machine and i definitely approve you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> sex machines yeah she had like a 1912 sex robot ah got it mm-hmm. next question from same user bite about town what did you think of mrs patmore's extra ingredient on the dessert for the dinner with anthony strollin i think this was ginseng for its properties as an aphrodisiac because i got dirty in the end of this and that's why Robert and Cora got pregnant. Wow. I Yeah. Mrs. Patmore giving them some aphrodisiac. They went up, got frisky, and oh surprise, baby, Miss Carrie. Yeah, Mrs. Patmore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Patmore helping Robert Patmore. I think this is the mistake that finally gets Mrs. Hughes and everyone aware that Mrs. Patmore is having issues with her sight. Well, that could be a good answer. You're you're looking at these a lot logically and i appreciate <laughs> as, as we that. should i think it's going to be something else that can be mistaken for something else similar to daisy's mistake in the first episode yeah so like like she was gonna put the like the icing on the cupcakes and instead she just put like sour cream yeah now this question does say on the dessert and not in the dessert so i'm yeah. gonna go with baby powder instead of powdered sugar because like, what else do you put on dessert hot fudge no i don't want to know what that could be so pow- baby powder instead of powdered sugar <laughs> All right, our last question from Bite About Town. How did Sybil get knocked unconscious, and are you happy she saved Branson's job? I'm dipping back into the Pamuk well. (laughs) The old Pamuk well. I hate the show Friends with a fiery passion. If I could pick two popular TV shows to light on fire and send down the river, it would be Friends and Big Bang Theory, and I wouldn't even have to think twice. Well, actually, Vanderpump Rules. Anyway, point being, I think Tom is swinging around Pamuk's stiff body, carrying it with Mary, and he's like, pivot pivot and they accidentally hit sybil and knock her unconscious and she saves his job because she's a good sister and she knows that he was just trying to help mary what a ridiculous ridiculous answer right when i like i love when that came like literally right after i was like man you're doing a good job like logicking these out and they knocked him they knocked her out with a bomb yeah 
Oh, dead body. After they yelled pivot yep. like Ross. Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, I think you're going to get a whole lot of flack for your feelings about all the shows you just mentioned. <laughs> I think that Branson was driving a car. In 1912 in Britain? In no way! Yeah, there were cars in the episodes that we saw. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he's like driving her to town or something, and they get in a car accident, and she gets knocked out. And they are going to fire him because he was the driver of the car. But like, Sybil stands up for him and protects his job. I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's a better answer than knocking him out with a body. We'll see. We'll see, man. All right. Next question is from Penny Scent. What was wrong with Mosley's hand and how was it cured? Uh, so I think he got like carpal tunnel or something and like started to lose the ability to use his hand. And uh, maybe maybe from a little bit too much jerking. Wow. You know? And then uh, Mrs. Patmore, being a bit of an herbalist and loving her garden, had some some things that she could help him with to cure that up. Wow. So I'm in a completely opposite direction. Now, we both can confirm, though, Mosley is the guy who sees Thomas messing around with Mr. Carson's wallet in the finale. Yes, I'm pretty sure. And this person calls him Mosley and the other person called him Mosley. So is he Mosley or Mosley? I don't know. Now, I logic this out with another question later on. Did you use a, a friend's reference no. to it? I think no? his hand no. gets bit by Robert's dog, which we never learned the name of. So I'm going to call him Lord Dogtham. Yeah, Lord Dogtham. Obviously, that's his name. And I have no idea about the cure. So I'm going to say that Matthew helps him on one of his weekends. I have trouble... With the fact that you can cure a dog bite. <laughs> that seems like a weird word choice. Maybe, but uh, you can like put some Neosporin on it or something. Yeah, but that's you're not curing. Yeah, okay. That's man. That's, that's fine. That's fine, you know. All right. Well, uh, go ask Absalom asks, how did Daisy avoid multiple accidental manslaughter charges? So at first I thought this was a reference to almost poisoning the upstairs with the brass cleaner in episode one. Yeah, but now that I'm more on the train that this is tied to a couple questions ago with extra ingredients for Anthony's dinner. Do you realize you just said more on the penis? I did. Yeah, because now trains are penises. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Don't forget. But either way, I think it relates to Daisy messing up the food and she realizes before anything bad happens and swaps it out. I think it is referring to her accidentally almost poisoning everyone by sending William up with a poison or whatever. And I just think that she avoids it by William being good at his job and being like, oh, hey, you didn't tell me which one of the chickens. And she's like, oh, my God, you're the best. I love you. Yeah, maybe. Which, I mean, spoiler alert, she does. Yeah. Next question from Fierce History. Do you think there's any hope that Sybil and Matthew will wind up together? Did they, re did they mean Sybil? Because now it like... I'm all confused. Yeah, I think either this person meant Mary and Matthew or these sisters really do just like screwing each other over. Because this all this made me think that like every sister wants to date every dude. Every time there is a guy, all of the sisters want that guy. And then Mary gets the guy and Sybil's like, oh, well, and Edith's like, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> it's just like, is that is that the line? It's like this this family's line is who's Mary going to fuck next and who are Edith and Sybil going to be sad about it. And the, the downstairs the through line is just let's get Bates fired. Yeah, pretty much. And that's it. That's the whole show. No. So I, I think if it is Mary and Matthew, then then yes, I think it's still technically open because he doesn't leave. At yeah, the end, a, and, and now a bit of a cliffhanger. And now the yeah. suds have killed the boy heir. So it's still it's still possible. And if it is Sybil and Matthew, then then no, I don't I don't think so. She has Branson. Yep. All right. So our next set of questions were questions that we thought we would try and answer with only four words. Yeah, we've done this a few times in the center cut history where when we have many questions like this, we 
sanction off uh, a few and do it. And we're just very limited in what we can say. Mm -hmm. So we literally only have four words to answer these questions. But names are just one word. So like Mrs. Hughes, for instance, would be one word. Cool. I'm on. All right. Let's do it. All right. Our first question from that dash other dash one dash 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 dash. What was your opinion of Sybil's character development? Four words. Nice sister. Branson. Meh. Oh, she developed all right. <laughs> Next question from Possible Mistake 868. How do Bates and Lord Grantham know each other? War buddies, mass genocide. War down in Africa. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, stupid. All right. Beady Beats asks Do you think Lady Mary is falling as hard as it seems she is for the dashing and eligible Sir Anthony Strawlin? No. Old as fuck. Mary is a lesbian. Wow. Wow. Crushed it. Wow. I don't think so. Next question from Daisy Duckins. What did O'Brien do? What didn't she devil do? She dropped the soap. <laughs> I, I maybe technically just like left the soap, but fine. And uh, Seinfeld Serial asks, <laughs> great name. Can you ever forgive O'Brien? Ugh. Poodle haired bitch. Never. No, thanks. Consequences, bitch. Next question from Shellius Rex. What about her ladyship's soap? Pick it up, O'Brien. Forgiven. Not soap's fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would really call me up there. That was good. Polka Dot Rapunzel asks, which relationship is the best? Edith and Sir Anthony, Mary and Matthew, or Sybil and Tom? Mary's, but it's relative. Get it? Because they're related. Stupid. <laughs> Very stupid. Team Sybil and Tom. Really? Well, yep. All right. Next question from KV Guibagasus. Mm. Same as earlier. Oh, Which yeah. character performed in a singing double act in their younger years? This just screams Sybil. Mm. O'Brien now hates life. Oh, that makes sense, too. Yeah, you're right. Blue Cheese Fridays asks, was Edith justified? Yes, but both rude. Edith can suck it. Next question, Obligation Head 7581. Do you think Edith was in the right to call Mary a bitch? But they didn't actually write bitch. They put a little asterisk. They're both always wrong. Just a word, people. Achille Daniels asks, who do you believe should have won the Grantham Cup and why? Edith, Mary cheated, egg and spoon. There's hyphens, so it's only one word. <laughs> <laughs> the person who lost. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I was proud of that one. <laughs> Next question from Mark Harden 300. Good heavens, what was the dowager sitting on? Damn, she got cake. Light bulb. Electricity. Ouch. All right, Duchess Kitty asks, did Thomas prove himself to be loyal to the family or only to himself? Himself. Always himself douche thomas the dick engine next question from the sparkling cupcake is mrs crawley more qualified than dr clarkson to dispense medical advice slash diagnosis slash treatment i can't see how <laughs> just like thomas sham <laughs> maybe all right rainbow's mama asks how many husbands has lady mary had so far zero she prefers leasing she could have had four same user, next question. How many lovers has Mary had so far? Way more than four. Pamuk, Matthew, not Duke. 
Which sister ranks the highest? Sybil. Mary? Edith? Trollops. <laughs> Sybil. The obvious choice. What was the biggest scandal to hit the family? The death of Pamuk. Pamuk's death, already discussed. What happened to Lord Grantham's dog? Bit Molesley. Good boy. Please don't tell me. <laughs> He's in the finale. The yeah. dog? Yeah, we see him in the finale. Where? He's with by Robert's side at one point. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. All right. Last question of the day from Met Medium. Medium 33. Will Mary be a virgin on her wedding night? Better chance liking Thomas. No. But who cares? Agreed. Do what you want, girl. Those are many questions. and So uh, many questions. I think we did pretty good, David. I think we crushed it. I mean, honestly, like the, the pivot and knocking Sybil out with a body makes sense. <laughs> truly, truly does. Now, the only way to fully wrap up Downton Abbey Series 1 is with our good old center counts. Uh, center counts. I think, I think I'm going to have to give this a high score. And I didn't want to. Yeah. Like when I came into this, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this at all. Not going to enjoy this one bit. And I really did. I think it's done well. I think that the cinematography and all that is very good. I think the script is good. And the acting is, is done well as well. There really weren't any actors that stood out as like, eh. Yeah. So I think I'm going to give it a six. I liked it a lot. Out of seven. I'm giving it a five out of seven. Now, before you start moaning about how I thought you hated period pieces, blah, blah, blah. I like this despite it being in 1912 Britain. If this was modern, it would easily be a six or seven for me. It's that good, like a six or seven out of seven. And just like you put these characters in this writing and set it in mid 2000s Chicago or something. It's a seven out of seven for me, dog. And and you could do it like you could make this modern. Like even the scenes like Carson not knowing how to use the phone. Eddie, buddy born after 1995, doesn't know how to use a landline. It could be done. And it's that good. Like the, the writing and characters are top freaking notch on this mm. yeah i like you said i thought i was going to hate this and i thoroughly enjoyed it this thing kicks the shit out of bridgerton agreed bridgerton can f right off it's not even in the same arena as downton i think it was because it was because bridgerton was so focused on the love part of it. first and foremost like i really really enjoy how you see both sides of the story from the family, the rich family who, you know, has it all and then their servants who are helping them. Like, that's one thing you don't see at all on Bridgerton. Like, we don't, no. I don't remember experiencing anything behind the scenes of what's no. happening. It's just all the the highbrow stuff. Right. So, like, this is super interesting. Like, it's like a whole nother view on this type of piece, which I find really, really awesome. Awesome. Now, we have a little bit more Downton Abbey tangential things coming david what uh what's in store we are going to discuss if we would rather have been on the titanic when it sank or be drafted into world war one yeah pretty dark not really a good choice either way but we'll discuss it and we'll see which one we'd rather do mm, mm -hmm. so that will be fun and then what do we have coming up after that then after that we are going to be covering aquamarine with guests, Stefan Ratch from the podcast Stefan Ratch Aren't Funny. Yeah, uh, it's a movie about mermaids. Hallelujah. It's going to be a wild ride. I told my wife we were covering that. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this one about mermaids? Like, yep, that's it. Yeah. Come be basic with us in two weeks. But David, we're not at next week or the week after yet. So thank you for being here today. If you've made it this far, you are my hero and you can murder me with soap like Cora's unborn baby. Oh, God. 
What a dark way to end the episode. Ooh. Yucky. Like the ever-shrinking space between Bates and Anna, it's always better in the center. <laughs> <laughs>